um, it took a long point. Uh, it took a long time to get to get to this point. So actually, like that was my dream to make films on jujitsu and teach jujitsu for a living. So you can't just like you can't just do that. You know, it takes a lot of yeah. It took me many years of you know obviously like practicing, you know, making films and obviously uh, going up through the ranks, years and years and years of training jujitsu to get to this point. But yeah, you know, now I'm now I'm doing what I always dream to do the moved entrepreneur evolved podcast get on it i wasn't sure if i should do like the nice look or if i should do the old theo vaughn baby what's up <laughs> uh, he's awesome isn't he that theo vaughn <laughs> he's great here we got Stuart cooper i'm already recording so we're already all set uh fortunately i've known you Stu, for shoot how long have i known you now since eight, nine uh, years? 2012, right? So eight years. Yeah, about eight years. And uh, we have quite the adventures. Hopefully this isn't the, the last time we do this. But um, I always think that your story is really interesting. And what Moved is about, it's about mind, body, and about business and about revenue and transitions that are happening um, and people's stories that happen uh, throughout their life as they decide to go into commerce for themselves. Uh, and I think that that transition with people is quite interesting. But I think that the story doesn't always start with like, what are you doing now, right? Because there's always like these beginnings and stuff. And so what I think is super cool is just kind of to start off with, you know, your story. Your, if I were to kind of go forward, you know, you, Stuart, are a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, who have traveled all over the world. And you're a film uh, specialist in jiu-jitsu. Um, who now teaches jujitsu. And I think that kind of the, the rock of what that is has a hell of a lot of stories around that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, so, took, um, it took a long point, uh, it took a long time to get to, get to this point. So actually, like, that was my dream to make films on jujitsu and teach jujitsu for a living. So you can't just like, you can't just do that, you know? It takes a lot of yeah, it took me many years of, you know, obviously like practicing, you know, making films and obviously uh, going up through the ranks years and years and years of training jujitsu to get to this point. But yeah, you know, now I'm, now I'm doing what I always dream to do. Now that was, um, because I know some of your story, it, it didn't start off with jujitsu, right? Um, so I, I well, what, right, right from the beginning. Sounds like I'm checking you on your own story, but But I mean, you started with weddings, is that right? Uh, well, actually, so it actually started, it did actually start with jiu-jitsu. I went to university, oh, okay. I, I, did, I, I got a degree um, and I went to university thinking you go, you get a degree and then you get a job, you know, that's how they kind of advertise it. They even did say that, they're like, when you complete this degree, 95% of students go right into work in London, you know, in TV production or whatever it is the degree is on. That just wasn't the case. And fair enough, the, the recession here this time is 2009. So when I did finish my degree, there's no jobs anywhere. Um, I had nothing to do, no jobs. So I saw UFC on TV, started watching it, took a liking to it, and then I wanted to try it. I wanted to try MMA, but the... The first, uh, the actual first gym I found was at a Muay Thai gym. So I started with Muay Thai boxing for probably like a couple of weeks. And then they had some jujitsu classes on afterwards. And then I started going to those and I actually preferred uh, the jujitsu. 
And then because I couldn't get a job, I just started training pretty much twice a day, every day, right from the beginning, you know, while I was looking for a job. And then um, I actually did get a job in London eventually, but it wasn't really something that I enjoyed. It was, uh, I was sat behind a desk from 8 a.m. in the morning till 6 p.m. in the evening, sat behind a desk, staring at a computer screen, working for a company called Online Fishing TV. Um, it was, it was a boring job. And the only highlight of my day was when it got to like 6 PM, I'd get out the door and I had to get to Roger Grace Academy. The class started at 6.30. So I had to get on my bike and cycle there as fast as I could to do the 6.30 to 7.30 and 7.30 to nine. So I did like two and a half hours of jujitsu every day. And that was like, like I said, the highlight of my day. But then um, I think it was three months into that job and the boss, um, he, tried to start keeping me behind for even more hours. So I started to make up excuses. He wanted me to do a few more write-ups for the website. So I started to make excuses. No, no, I've got plans. And at first he didn't ask me what my plans were, but then after a few, a few times doing this, he's like, what plans have you got? Where are you going? Where do you need to be? I'm like, I'm going jujitsu. And then he started giving me this lecture on how my job should be my first priority and my hobby comes second and I'm never going to go anywhere with jiu-jitsu and it's a waste of time. He started referring to himself as being a karate black belt and it never went anywhere. And I basically just, I said, look, I'm going jiu-jitsu. It's the highlight of my day. Like I'm going, you know, I'm not, I'm, I've been here since 8 a.m. in the morning to 6 p.m. in the evening, you know? So he actually told me to go, go, go train. And then, the rest of the evening think about what I, you know, if I really want to continue at that job. So I really did not like this guy. I didn't like my job. So I went home that evening. I called him up the next day and just told him I quit. <laughs> He's like, so, wait a minute. That wasn't what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. He actually did. He tried to like keep me back. He's like, no, no. Like, like, I think you, you know, you could, you could, you know, fit in well here. You're just going to give it time. I'm like, no, no, I'm done. I'm done with this. This is not for me. You know? Um, so I had to move back up North for my parents. Cause this was in London. Um, and I was a bluebell this time, and this is when I started filming weddings. Um, and that was all uh, kind of by accident. Uh, how did it start? Yeah, I actually was a bluebell, and I had an accident in training one day. My arm dislocated, and you can actually see the scar. We well, can't really quite see it there. There's a big scar here, but I got, um, <clears throat> I took someone's back, they tripoded up, I posted my arm, and my arm snapped back the opposite way. Um, pretty horrific injury, actually. I was out for a year. And so just to keep my mind occupied, I got a video camera and started filming my friends training, uh, going to the local competitions, started filming the tournaments. And one of my friends at the academy was getting married. So he asked me if I could film his wedding. He's like, mate, I will give you 300 pounds to film my wedding. And I'm like, I have no job. I've just quit my job. I've got a dislocated arm. Like, so I just went to his wedding with like one arm, <laughs> you know, and filmed. I got 300 pounds. But at this wedding, I met a wedding photographer. Um, you I got her, to, did you just say you got to 300 pounds? Uh, no, I, I got paid 300 pounds. Oh, that's right. This is, okay. No, 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 I didn't weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> yeah, no. So I actually got paid 300 pounds. And that was kind of a lot for me right then because I didn't have anything you know I was living with my parents you know like kind of looking for what trying to still think what am I going to do you know because I got my I quit the first job I ever had I have a degree and, and then I can't it's I was really confused of what I was going to do in life I'm like 22 
20, no, I'm 23. Did you feel, did you feel like you were freaked out at the time? Like, did, did you feel like at 22, like you had a lot of room to go or did you feel like those pressures? Of I like definitely felt, yeah, I felt pressure and I felt very overwhelmed by life. I'm like, holy shit, I've got to like, my whole life was in education, you know, like, and, you know, I never had to earn money. I've always been looked after, you know, student loans, family, you know, university was a great time. Just <laughs> you barely do anything. Well, and not only that, it's like, like you just go straight from education, right? And you're in education and then you stop. They say you have 95% chance of getting a job. And then next thing you know, you're like, wait a minute, there's no job, right? And then the second thing is, I'm going to leave the job I don't like. <laughs> yeah. And then you end up doing something when training jujitsu actually costs money, right? So it's like there was like yeah. this transition where you would have probably, you would have lost what you loved if you didn't find a way to support it. At the time, I mean, it's either, yeah. I mean, you're 22 years old, either you're trying to make yourself better, <laughs> you're partying, or you're, right, you're like all these things are happening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, what happened then? Where, where did I get up to? I lost my train of thought. You were just directly into, um, you had just, uh, you had gotten, you didn't go to 300 pounds. You had gotten 300 <laughs> pounds for your, um, uh, for yes. your film. Yeah. That's right. So I met, um, there was a, a professional wedding photographer there. Um, and I'm, I, so I met her and I had the idea of sending her the wedding highlight, you know, afterwards, you know, with, thinking that, oh, maybe she'll like it and she'll give me some more work. And that's exactly what happened. I sent her a link to the video. She was really impressed. And fortunately for me at the time, it was unfortunate for her, but her husband was a wedding videographer. He ended up in hospital. I can't, I'm not sure what the reason was, but he was sick. So she called me up right away and she's like, hey, I have a wedding this weekend. Um, I need someone to film it. My husband's sick. You know, uh, I'll pay you a thousand pound. I'm like, whoa, thousand pound. And I think this is, this is like a few months later and I just recovered from my arm. I'm healed and back, and uh, I just got back training and my shit luck, I actually got my foot broken. <laughs> Someone put me in a foot lock in a tournament and broke my foot. So I turn up to this other wedding. The first time she met me, I've got a broken arm. The second time she meets me, I've got a broken foot. <laughs> so I'm hobbling she's around like, this wedding. She's so like, you only got four limbs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I filmed this wedding somehow on one leg, you know, I think the hospital gave me that this space boot. So I didn't actually need crutches. I could actually walk around with this big cushiony foot. And then her husband was still sick the following weekend. So two weekends in a row, she gave me two weddings to film. So that was 2000 pound. And with that money, I invested in a, a much better video camera. And then I started to realize, wow, like, I just made 2000 pounds in two weeks filming weddings. And I was very inexperienced at filming and editing, but this is how I learned to film mm -hmm. and edit with mm -hmm. through weddings. Yeah. Like, Cause I had to learn quick, you know, like I just got paid all this money. I now I've got to work out how to put this thing together. And I've got to admit the first few wedding films I made were not very good. You know, I, the first bride and groom were not happy <laughs> with <laughs> the first cut. It took a lot of re-edits. Um, but, you know, I, I managed to make them happy in the end. And then I started to, yeah, like I said, like understand the, the process of filmmaking. And then um, that's when, it was, this is around 2011 now. And this is when I really started to get into jiu-jitsu and ADCC 2011 was happening. And all these world-class athletes in jiu-jitsu came over to UK to compete in the, 
you know, the biggest grappling tournament in the world. So they were doing seminars all around the UK. So for fun, I just started, I would turn up to these seminars and film the actual seminar, film the techniques and do interviews with the athletes afterwards. And that is when I first started, made my first few uh, jiu-jitsu videos. And um, purely for fun, just because I, I like to, the only things I was good at at school were art and sport. I was terrible at every other subject. Mm. Um, so f- making videos for me has always just been something that I enjoy. And I would do it anyway. It's just something very therapeutic to me. You know, I would much rather sit down and edit a video than watch TV. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. I couldn't explain it, but I think that's why people like my videos is because I don't actually do it for money. I actually do it because I enjoy it. It's like something I really like to do. And well, then that became gone. a boost. I mean, that was at the point where, you know, do you think, do you think you could have done weddings forever? Do you think, or do you think? Uh, yes, actually. Yeah. Mm. It really took off. I got to a point where I had a website, Stuart Cooper videography. And mm. um, uh, every wedding that I did, you know, uh, their friends were getting married and their friends were getting married. So I started actually making a living uh, filming weddings. It was a great life because I would film on a Friday or a Saturday. The actual wedding day was quite <clears throat> a long day, quite stressful. Mm. Yeah, you got to get up at like, I was doing a lot of Chinese weddings and mm. those weddings start at 4 a.m. in the morning. They're long, right? So <laughs> in Manchester, and I lived in a place called Preston. So I would have right. to literally get up at 1 a.m., and then get ready and drive there and get to the house for 4 a.m. where they do like um, these games outside of the house at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning. It's very, it's very strange. And then it's a really long day. So I'd film from 4 a.m. in the morning all the way up to probably like 2 a.m., you know, the next day. What a cool way, to, then, see col- what a cool way to see culture, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was it was interesting. And actually, um, even recently, I posted, I think I posted a link to a video or a podcast. And this, I think it was the third wedding I ever filmed. We're actually friends on Facebook. She commented, wow, I remember you filming our wedding. It's good to see how far you've come. So it's kind of cool, you know, seeing that. But um, yeah, I was making a living as a wedding video- videographer. You'd film one day, but the rest of the week was for editing. So I could choose my own hours. So... One stressful day of filming, but the rest of the time I could choose when I go to training and then come back and do some editing, then go back to training. So I was actually training full time, but earning money at the same time. So I could have actually stayed in England and made a a living off um, filming weddings. But after my first few jiu-jitsu videos that kind of picked up, they got really popular. I had the idea to, I know I just had this, I know this, uh, I suppose, this drive, this like this desire to travel, to go to Brazil. I really wanted to go to Brazil to learn jiu-jitsu. So that's when I actually reached out to this hostel in Rio de Janeiro, sent them some video links to some, some of the jiu-jitsu videos I'd actually made on Gunnar Nelson and Ryan Hall, and asked them, look, I'd love to come to Brazil for like three, four months. Um, have a look at these videos. Tell me what you think. And I could come out to Brazil and make some these kind of videos uh, with some of the athletes that reside in Rio de Janeiro and I could promote your hostel. In return, all I want is mm. a free accommodation and a free, free training, that's it. The email back the same day saying, hey, when do you wanna come? I'm like, whoa, like I'm like 25 now this time. So it was like a dream come true. I was like, wow, I'm about to go to Brazil 
train jujitsu, you know, and make jujitsu videos. And that was the beginning, you know, because no one else was doing it. I literally was one of the, I think I was yeah. like kind of the first person to do something like this. Yeah. So it was just kind of a domino effect after that, you know, I was in Brazil for three to four months and I had, yeah, before I went there, I had this idea in my head, I'm going to go to Brazil and that's it. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to be a, a gringo in Brazil. Yeah. But when I went there, it never, it didn't feel like home to me. I can't put, I can't exactly explain why, but it didn't grab me. I, I actually, after three months, I wanted to return to England. And that's what I did. I returned to England. I got a job with Cage Warriors. Um, flew all so around. You stayed, so, so kind of like on, on the storyline, I think it's interesting because it's like, you literally like, if you, if you look at it this way, you, you broke your, you broke your, you, you broke your job, you broke your arm, you broke, broke your foot, right? And then you kind of just went in a funny way. You're like, you're like, well, I wonder if somebody else will break in just an idea. You just like grew something. It's kind of like a pattern of just breaking in a way. Yep. <laughs> I mean, in a way, right? I mean, it's kind of like, you're 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 going through this process and like certain things that you think are a certain way they just like totally break and you're like well maybe i'll yeah. go try this and that's where you ended up coming back now cage warriors that uh what do we have out here we had king of the cage i think at the time that king was of the cage, yeah. but it was it was very um they call them they call them smoke it was almost like the transition from a smoker fight and for anybody that doesn't know who a, what a smoker fight is it's basically an underground fight where they try to get away with it and then shut the doors yeah. as quick as they